Hello and welcome to How Did You Do It? I am so excited to share with you this conversation I had with Tommy Kendi. Tommy is someone who I met at yoga. He was my or is my yoga instructor and I've learned so much from the way that he lives his life. Having him on the podcast was such an honor. I hope that this conversation gives you a little bit of comfort in the sense that we are all really experiencing the same thing and it's our mindset that changes what's going on around us and we can really have a say in creating the best life for ourselves. I hope that you learn something from this and I hope that you enjoy. Hi, Tommy. G'day, Gab. How you going? Good. Thank Good. you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I'm, I genuinely am. I'm so excited to yeah, have you. Yeah. I was really scared to ask you to come on. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to say no. Why would I say no? <laughs> for me, it was this block of knowing you and you knowing me and how early on I am into this journey of this podcast. And so it was this block of not feeling like I was deserving to have you on so mm. soon. Very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I, I sort of look at you because you say you're early on in your journey, but you're actually doing it. So you're not early mm. on. And I almost get jealous of where you're at right now because there's so much excitement coming at you. Yeah. It's almost like when you're at the start of the journey and you don't know anything, it's like liberating because you're literally just making it up as you go. And the further along you go, the more, I guess, the more expectations you have on yourself. So you're actually in a way better place than most people because you're at the start of the journey and you're like just working it out and making it up as you go. So this is people should be jealous of you, Gab. The only thought I had that whole time was, can we swap? I'd rather be <laughs> where you are. <laughs> No, I'd I'm, rather have my shit figured out. No, I definitely don't have my shit figured out. And that's the thing. I had a chat to – I was talking to someone this morning and and it's so interesting that people – well, me, but like a lot of us, they look out into the world and we're constantly looking for evidence to show us how shit we are. So we're just seeing all these other people, whether it's, you know, on socials or whatever – and we're just looking around and we're going, oh, my God, why does everyone have their stuff worked out and I don't? Or why is everyone able to live their dream or, or live their passion and I'm not? But the funny thing is the more people that I work with and the more people I speak to and talk about this type of information and wisdom – the more I'm working out, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. We're all just trying to work it out. Are you living your dream life? I'm living my dream life, but fuck, it's hard. Why? Well, it's hard because you're constantly living in this place of total uncertainty. And one of the key things I've, I guess I've realised about my journey is that unless I'm confused and uncertain, that, well, confusion and uncertainty comes with living your specific dream or whatever that might be for you and uh, and that's the thing is that there's no instructional video that says hey Tommy for your specific dream step one is this step two is this and if there was I'd be like oh and you know what when you work out that step-by-step process for yourself then you can't just go I will do this because it that works for you but it may not work for the next human being I was going to ask, can you give me the step-by-step? <laughs> I can. There's definitely a structure to creating and there's definitely a structure to being able to move through uncertainty and that type of stuff. But, yeah, learning that structure in itself is a very unsettling, unbalanced place. So that's, I mean, look, that's one of the key aspects to life that I've learned is that you do. You have to get comfortable with uncertainty. You have to get comfortable with being off balance. You got to get comfortable with just not knowing. When you are in moments of not knowing, and I think one thing that I'm so drawn to with you, especially in your yoga teaching, is your authentic way about 
you know, you don't romanticize the spiritual experience either. We can be spiritual beings and still be like, why is my mind so talkative? Shut up, you know? And so what is your toolkit when you are uncertain and that voice is so loud? I use, and and this sometimes is a dysfunctional part of me, but I use humor, right? So <laughs> I love that. But not humor to, to blanket what I'm feeling, but me and my best mates, we've even before we explored this world of spirituality and thoughts and emotions and all that type of stuff, even before we looked into any of that, we've always called each other on our shit nonstop, you know, and since we were little kids and I'm lucky in that, I guess my best mates, I've known them for 30s, even some of them even 40 years, you know, we've been kids friends since we've been kids and and so we've always had this knack of just if anyone's being a victim or if anyone's playing you know like woe is me it's nah mate you don't get to do that on my watch and we just call each other on our shit and and so I have these little I guess what one of the key things for me is when I'm super off balance and life is just fucking hard and nothing makes sense. I use mirrors quite a bit, as in actual mirrors. And I go to the mirror and I look at myself in the face. I'm like, fuck yeah. Okay, let's do this, man. I've got no idea what I'm doing, but let's just get it done. Oh my God, this could really be an absolute mess. And I might have, you know, this could totally go to shit, but let's do this. Let's go for it. And see how much you can mess this up. And if anyone's good at messing things up, it's me. Really? Yeah, I'm good at it. In what sense? Do you know what? In the moment, it feels like it's messing things up. But usually, every time I make a drastic change or a drastic shift in life, I just up-level myself tenfold. And it happens every time. So I very rarely stay in one thing you know i usually have five or six things that i'm doing and sometimes one of them will go ballistic and i'll do that for a couple of years and then that will die down and i'll go do something else for a couple of years but i've always got these sort of three to five year pockets and every five years i'm like nah i'm over that let's do something else do you have fear at all when you're you know, making a mess of something or you're starting something and you don't know where it's going to go, does fear show up for you? Or is it the humour of the mirrors that you're like, no matter what, let's do it. I've always got the mirror. (laughs) Always got the mirror. Never have fear? I have fear constantly. But you know what? Fear doesn't really debilitate me. Mm. The thing that debilitates me is not fear. It's procrastination. You know, a lot of people would feel fear and not do anything. Whereas for me, I don't really have fear about like diving in and doing new things. I'm also have, I'm also going to this place of procrastination. And you can ask any of my mates, Tommy, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And it's so easy to say because you have a genuine intention of doing it tomorrow. But the issue is that there is no tomorrow. Like the only thing we ever get to experience is like this very breath, this very moment. And when you understand that, then as soon as you say, I'll do it tomorrow, then the moment comes tomorrow but it never does. So you never, ever fucking do it. So there has to be a time when in this moment you go, no, I'll do it now. Because tomorrow, there is no, tomorrow is never going to come. Do you, when you wake up in the morning and I've listened to your podcast and I cannot wait to blast your podcast to everyone (laughs) I know so that they can go and listen to your podcast Mm. and you're very open about your routine and the way that you wake up and you feel like I'm alive and... Mm. Really? I turn. I make myself feel alive. So with that routine mm. of the, I, and I would love for you to talk about yeah. that. So let's go into your morning routine that makes you feel alive. Yeah. So I have a morning routine, and sometimes it's not in the morning. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. So I'd say it's a daily routine, 
But I think my natural way of waking up is, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, surely do I have to do this all again? <laughs> I swear I was just here 10 seconds ago. Like the day, it's so weird, isn't it? The one day just folds into the next, into the next. <laughs> I love that you feel that though. Oh my even god! Every morning, life. yeah. Really? Every yeah. morning, like I wake up, I'm like, oh, seriously, we're gonna do this all again. That's my first thought every morning. And you consciously shift that? But of course, yeah. I can't because I know that's just that's where I like what I. Like naturally, how nice would it? And I naturally wake up quite early, so it's not like I want to sleep in or anything. But it's just that it's sometimes – actually, that's not me all the time. Sometimes I wake up and quite often I'm really excited about life because we get to live it. So when I'm in a good place, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about today. So much is happening. But more often than not, I reckon, well, in my life, is you you wake up and you got to battle the inner dialogue, the inner narrative. And so – I find that there's certain things that I do in the mornings that allows me to snap myself out of it. And you have to. Well, I have to. Otherwise, I'd be a mess for the whole day. So the first thing is I have this little mantra is I wake up, then obviously the dysfunction happens where it's, ugh, got to do it all again. And then I just tell myself I've got this mantra is, holy shit, something really magical could happen today and that immediately gets me a little bit excited and then you know I don't really I'd never snooze alarms or anything like that alarm goes off or if I wake up I'm just like cool grab the edge of the bed come out get up feet on the floor and then I do some type of breathing first I have some water or whatever lime water or sometimes salt water whatever get up do some breathing about 10 to 11 or even 15 minutes of breathing, do three or four rounds of some pretty intense breath work and my body's alive and then I go to that cold shower, turn it on cold and I'm like, all right, baby. All right, baby, let's get this done. And I put my foot in there. I'm like, no, nah, not doing it today. Maybe today's one. I'll just put it on warm and then I'm like, nah, it's on cold already. <laughs> my feet are in. Let's put the other foot in. Let's fucking do it. And so I um, yeah, jump in a cold shower and after a cold shower, I'm literally just so alive. And then I'm in a place where I'm like, you know what, I'm ready to tackle the day. So obviously throughout the day, we deal with thing after thing, shit after shit, sometimes yep. great things, sometimes hard things. Do you come back to that thought of something magical is coming even when there are shit things happening throughout the day? Or what is that process of being present and practicing what we preach when life is being shit. Being shit. Yeah. You know what? In all honesty, sometimes it's actually I allow myself to be a full-out victim. and But only if it's a conscious choice and I go, you know what? Today, don't give a fuck. I'm going to be in a shit mood. I'm going to be a full victim. I'm going to blame everyone else. I'm going to blame life. I'm going to wait and see if I win Tats Lotto or maybe I've got this long lost uncle and I'll get a phone call today. It's Tommy, you know what? Your uncle from Israel has just left you $10 billion and you've got nothing to worry about. So sometimes I'm, I allow myself to go into that full victim mode and whatever I'm working with, like my dysfunctional go-to place is that somehow I'm going to be saved. That's where I go myself. It's a dysfunctional place where if I'm, if nothing's working out, I'm looking around going, who's going to save me? Who's going to save me? Where's the saviour going to come from? And then instead of me taking ownership over what's going on, I'm actually taking action on trying to get people to save me, which is such a fucking waste of time. So then I, so yeah, if I'm playing victim, I allow myself to play victim. I'm like, cool, Tom, today or for the next five, six hours, you got till three o'clock, mate. Victim it out. out. Get it out. Let's be <laughs> full out victims and pl blame everyone and go for it. And then when three o'clock comes, I'm like, all right, that was fun. Feel like shit. Let's go. Let's get it done, Tommy. Mm. <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah. So it, it's like I always remind myself that every emotion, every experience is there to be had, but it's also – 
if you're not enjoying your life, the number one thing that you've got that can never ever be taken away from you, most things can be taken away from you, but the one thing that can't be taken away from you is choice. So you get to choose how you feel, you get to choose what comes out of your mouth, you get to choose what you listen to, you get to choose the people that you're around. It's all our choice. Has there been a pivotal moment in your life where you have known that you've needed to make change? Yes. How did that come <laughs> <in>? <laughs> I guess that the biggest one for me was when I was living in LA and did that whole, you know, I was, most people know I used to play in bands and whatever and, you know, lived in Hollywood and uh, incredible experience. But there, we had this manager who was so manipulative and the way that she worked the band was this whole divide and conquer uh, type of strategy. So she'd, you know, say one thing to the singer, say one thing to me, say one thing to the guitarist, and then we'd get into the ho- we'd get into the rehearsal room. And we're like, "You sneaky prick!" And they're looking at me, going, "You sneak!" So it was this whole thing. It was like mm-hmm. she really controlled us, and the way that she controlled us was by dangling a carrot in front of us all the time and by dangling that carrot it really it created a thing in me where I lost my ability to make choices and I was totally under the power of wanting to make it and I just all I wanted was I just wanted to see my name up in lights in Hollywood and be like, oh my God, Tommy, you are so special and you're so cool and you're so great. And that's the life that I was living back then. And uh, and so the pivotal moment came when basically the band went to shit. We lost all our contracts. We lost everything. And uh, and I was there's this place called Runyon Canyon, which is in Hollywood where all the cool kids go and hike. And, you know, I was walking up there with a mate of mine and we were talking about this manager and I was so frustrated. But and as I was talking about her, I realised that all my energy was my, my – the way that I lived was dependent on how my manager was or what she gave me or what she allowed me to do or the people she allowed me to be around, all this type of stuff. And I just went, oh, my God, I've literally put – the level of my happiness and the level of my being, I've literally taken that and just given it to someone else. And which meant that I had, I relinquished all responsibility over my life. And so I had this moment where, oh, all I have to do is take the responsibility back and be self-responsible for my own happiness. And it was such a, it sounds so easy and it sounds so whatever, but in that moment, the way that landed, that was the moment I took responsibility for myself, for everything that happens in my life. And everywhere I looked, I could never look at life again, where if it was a relationship that was going to shit, it's not her fault. It's fucking me. <laughs> if my if I wasn't enjoying my job, it's not their fault. It's fucking me. If I didn't have enough money in the bank, it's not my parents' fault because this, that and the other. It's me. Everything's on me. All of it. How I feel, how I experience life, it's all on me. There's nothing in my life that I could go, no, but what about that? That's Surely that's going to be their fault. And when I got that in that moment, I broke down in tears and I had to hide in a bush on this Runyon Canyon and it was one of those cries because it was such a big aha moment that that it was like a proper release my I had goosebumps all over me and I'm just like wow holy shit that was a big one do you you know know? the fact that you came to that realization yourself that was so powerful because for me I've had to do so much work with other people pointing out like, God, this is coming back to yourself. And it's it's such a hard thing to come to terms with and then to consciously hear the voice and feel the feelings and be like, it is no one else's responsibility to change this feeling. It's my responsibility to look at myself and be like, we need to change this internally because nothing is going to change this for us. But the fact that you came to that through that realisation is powerful. It was a big one. That was a big one. That's I look at that's a real pivotal point. 
for me where I had that real and I don't know there was a lot going on at that point like I I was about three or four months into a really intense yogic experience of like I was doing kundalini yoga on a daily basis but you know doing two and a half hour practices of, of kundalini yoga and I think that stirred up a lot for me in that time so there was a lot going on so I don't think it was just the fact that I think I was already doing some work that was going to frazzle my insides and all that added to it and it all just came to a head but yeah that was a it was a huge one and yeah it's and so with you know all with all the sort of coaching stuff that I'm doing these days all of it stems from taking all that responsibility for everything because once you really get that once you really understand that everything is your creation everything is your responsibility all the stuff on the outside it's all you there is no other way to look at it and when you really get that then instead of looking around and trying to fix shit it's a whole different dynamic because the work becomes okay why am i creating that not why is the other person doing this or that it's like how did i come to create this experience and that's when you start to understand the all the different dysfunctional patterns in your life and you're like oh my god mm. that's how i created that i mean you know from a childhood like obviously every a lot of people talk about childhood trauma and whatnot and childhood trauma is real regardless of how big or small the trauma is but the stuff that happens in our childhood unless we know where it stems from we and it's not like we need to go back and fix it but we just need to be aware of where, why am i creating these constant dynamics in my life and then once you realize how you created it then you have this awareness and then the awareness part is where the whole game changes because then you see yourself going down a rabbit hole that you've been down before and it seems super familiar but it seems dysfunctionally mm. familiar right and you're going down this rabbit hole and you're like oh but once you have the awareness even before it goes to shit you're like ah oh, no, mm. no, we've done this 10 or 20 times before fuck no am i doing this again you know and so i have with my coaching clients you have moments where you know for example relationships it's a big one you know everyone's constantly yearning for love and wanting to be loved and supported and all that type of stuff but then in order to find the right person you have to be in a space where you can attract that person in because if you're a fucking drainer you're going to attract a fucking drainer <laughs> right if you're but if you're vibrating at your best and you're full of love and it doesn't matter what happens on the outside you're just loving yourself sick you're going to attract the person in that matches that dynamic or you're going to attract the person in that's ready to be in that dynamic so i was going to ask with i mean i feel like such a shift when people are in a time of change in their life is you start creating good and it's fuck you kind of go almost like a do I deserve this because so often I know for me I've created circumstances that aren't great and so when great comes it's almost scarier to choose the great option do you think there's you know the journey of getting to creation do you think there's a certain amount of times that you have to get to that same block or that same like 10 20 times of being like we've done this before I mean where do you think that shift really happens to accepting the great and the creation yeah I mean first off in terms of creation you're always creating you're either creating out of a dysfunctional place <laughs> or you're either creating out of your truth or your authentic nature so either way you're always creating you know so it's not like I'm only creating if things are good like mm. you're constantly creating and that's the thing, isn't it? It's okay, if I can create dysfunctional stuff more than the real stuff, then why can't I just put my energy into creating the real, the true authentic mm. me? And when you're creating the true authentic you, 
or the true authentic me, then that road seems super weird and off balance and confusing and whatnot because most of it is uncharted territory, right? So it's going to feel off balance. But when, when you're creating dysfunctionally or out of ego, that is so familiar. It's so easy to choose the same dude or the same girl time and time again. It's so easy to go back to your addictions. It's so easy to, you know, blanket yourself by going out every weekend and getting on the fucking bags or whatever. And you know what? It's You can still create, consciously create and be authentic and go still – I mean, a mm. couple of nights a year – I'll go out with the boys, have a massive night and fucking have the time of my life. But it's because I'm choosing to do. It's not because I'm trying to blanket something. Mm. So if it feels right and whatever, cool. Do you do whatever you need to do. It, whether Whatever it is, it's not even getting on the bags or anything. It's more about whatever you want to do. And I mean, yeah, look, I teach yoga. I'm in all these spiritual practices and, you know, I meditate and breathe and do cold dips and whatever. But I've got this cowboy side of me which comes out a couple of times a year and I'm totally okay with it. I love that though because we have different sides of our personality and you need to let them out at times. At times, exactly. <laughs> when it's appropriate. When it's appropriate, 100%. <laughs> and when it feels right to do. Yeah. But the key thing is that to understand that we're always creating. Mm. If you're creating out of your ego or dysfunctional – because the ego really – is, oh man, we could talk about this for hours, but the ego in essence is is the part of you that's trying to keep you safe. It's making sure that you're not in danger, right? So for example, you're at the edge of a cliff and your ego goes, dude, if you take another step, you're going to fall off that cliff. So you go, oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to take another step because I'm going to fall off the cliff. But the, what a lot of people don't understand is that when you have a vision or when you have a true heartfelt goal, you see that, but your ego looks at that and goes, man, that could kill me. That's dangerous. So the ego will do whatever the fuck it can to keep you away from your ultimate goal, ultimate dream, ultimate <laughs> vision. And it will play tricks on you time and time again. So the real, I guess, procedure or the real talent in creating, masterfully creating or creating like a fucking genius is to be able to f be in that resistance, in that tension of not knowing what to do and still stay true to what it is that you initially got for yourself and go. And your ego will keep showing you evidence of why you shouldn't. You know, perfect example for you. There's the other, you were like, when, when we spoke about this podcast and you're like, there's another chick called Gab that, you know. Totally. There was a girl called Gab. <laughs> she has a podcast called How'd You Do It? Ugh. And this is the example you were talking about. That was my hesitation to start this podcast. So, yes, the ego will literally make shit up. Like it'll create shit out of thin air. To give you evidence to show you why you shouldn't go for your dream. And it's cool. I've been having so many conversations with people about why they aren't going for their dreams. So everyone will say, you know, my ultimate dream, I don't know how to get there. My ultimate dream is this, but I don't know how to do it. It feels too hard. So it's choosing the convenience mm. and it's choosing what feels safe. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about yoga. Let's and talk I'm about yoga. So excited to talk about you. I'm going to tell you how you came into my life. So I was feeling shit at the start of this year and I said to myself, my intention is to just show up to yoga. I was like, going into downward dog feels like I'm an elephant trying to lift my leg. Like it just feels horrible. I don't enjoy it. But I would get to Shavasana, which is the resting pose or the meditation at the end, and there would just be a release of emotion. So I kept coming back to it so one day my auntie called me and she goes gap you've got to come to tommy's class i said why <laughs> why do i need to come to tommy's class and she said because he says this thing where he goes you have a knee fucking lift it off the ground will you and i was like sold 
I'm coming to Tommy's class. That's all I needed to hear. (laughs) So good. How has yoga shown up in your life? And I want to talk about yoga for dudes, which is something that I think is great because I think that more dudes need to be doing yoga. Agreed. As a dude, I agree with you. But yeah, I mean, look, yoga has been my saving grace. And that, as I was talking about before, that whole time in LA and Hollywood, and that's where I got into yoga and whatnot. It's been a, it's been an incredible journey. And when you start yoga, it's oh yeah, this feels good on my body, and I'm stretching and doing this and doing that, and you know I'm breathing, and I don't know why, but I always feel good after yoga. And then the deeper you go into the practice, the more you realise how. The way, and I say this in my classes too, it's the way that you move within the four corners of your yoga mat, you start to see a a direct resemblance of how you move through life. So in a yoga class, you experience fear, you experience can't be fucked, you experience a win, you know, like, oh my God. Can't believe I did that. You know, you experience like little moments of my body's just moving and I'm not even like doing anything. My body's just moving. You know, it's like how cool, you know. So you experience all these different things. And the whole yogic philosophy and when you look into the actual philosophy of yoga, all of it comes back to ultimately this thing of quietening the fluctuations of the mind. And ultimately, when you quieten the fluctuations of the mind, hence the ego or the egoic nature, then you're free to create however you want to create. And so that's the whole essence of yoga. And yeah, obviously yoga, I love yoga because you never stop learning about your body, about the breath, about yourself, spiritually, mentally, physically, whatever. You never stop learning. And uh, and yeah, so it's been my best mate for over 10 to 12 years anytime I feel like shit I just know just go to yoga just fucking go to yoga and you always know you come out of yoga and you're like you know what I feel good (laughs) I feel way better than what I did and I feel put together let's go do life literally yeah it's my non-negotiable totally yeah yoga is my priority over everything (laughs) (laughs) except your sequences have been Killer. Oh, I know. You've been putting in your little things like you've been taking things off the menu. It's like, I'll come to class if you don't do the forearm thing. I don't want the knee thing. I, I don't want, want the side no, crunches. No side, no. Just do all of it other than the hard bits. But I want the feeling at the end. You I want, want the, the feeling, really yeah, good yeah. elated feeling at yeah, the end. Yeah. So what is yoga for dudes and why should dudes do more yoga apart from the fact that it makes them 10 times more attractive to any female that does yoga? Oh, that's good. It's true, isn't it? Do you know what? In all honesty, yoga for dudes is an absolute failure. Are you serious? 100%. Wow. Um, It is such a fail. Like when I first came up with the idea, I was the same. I'm like, oh my God, I need to share this with every dude on the planet because it's so fucking awesome. I know what I've got out of it. And when I first got the idea, I'm like, oh, unbelievable. How How does not every guy on the planet do this? And as you say, it's true. It makes guys more attractive. Mm. You see a guy in a yoga studio. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. It's, hey, man. What's <laughs> up, big boy? And it, it, look, and I'm not being an idiot, but it does. It, one, it makes you more attractive just in humanity, not just to the female or male population, whatever you're into is what you're into. But it just it makes you more attractive to yourself. And I just had this incredible idea. I'm like, wow. And it came together so quick. Yogafordudes.com.au straight away got the got the what's it called the trademark trademark and yeah. the, got the yeah the domain domain yeah, yeah. yeah got the domain I'm like oh my god this is gonna kick it I'm gonna help so many guys and you know what I'm gonna make some kick ass money anyway started telling people about it guys like oh such a good idea I can't wait till it's out I'm like oh, I did a bit of a test people will do it great cool. Did all the things, you know, spent a shit ton of money on recording it, got so many things on there. There's like yoga, there's breath work, there's meditation. I even put in wisdom that I know guys will get a lot out of, right? And so there's all this epic content on there, which will really help so many guys. I release it. There was maybe, 
I mean, I had a bit of success with it when mm. I first released it, but nothing of what I thought. Mm. So in essence, it's a failure in that I haven't – something hasn't landed with it. And what happens is that like it's paying for itself, which is fine, on, I guess on a financial level, but because it costs money to have it out there and mm. whatnot. But, but in reality, guys look at it like because I can see all the stats, the mm. amount of views Yoga for Dudes has had. I'm like, how are these guys not – and they click buy now and they click buy now and then they leave. They're like, nah. I can't do yoga. I'm not stretchy enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And I'm like, no, you got to do it. Even if I gave it away for free, mm. it would make no difference. Totally. I've, I've tried selling it for a hundred bucks. I've tried selling it for 80 bucks. I've tried selling it for a thousand bucks. I've tried selling it for 500. Is there a connection piece to it or is it all online? It's all online. There needs to be a connection piece But to there it. doesn't. That's the thing because most guys are too scared to fucking actually go to a yoga class. So this whole dynamic, this whole online program is designed to get guys to the point where they're comfortable going to a yoga class. But you're relying on them to be self-reliant. Like you're relying on them to be self-motivated to do it and people aren't self-motivated to okay. do it. Okay. So when you go to a yoga class – how many guys are usually in a yoga class? I'm going to say, okay, let's say we're looking at 30 people. Yeah. I'm going to say three. Exactly. Males. Yes. So why don't you create a male yoga class? They won't come. I've, I've tried. I'm telling you, I've tried all of it. I've tried all of it and they won't fucking come. So at this stage, it's unless I've been doing something wrong, I do, and I've looked at other, there's, some other yoga for men type program out there, it's exactly the same. They just can't get the, the guys to do it. So anyway, I'm not being negative about it and mm -hmm. I'm taking responsibility for it in that I haven't found the right communication point to share this magic with these guys. It's an epic program. It's fucking awesome. It's so life-changing though. It is because I know what it's done for me. Yeah. And I thought it was just a no-brainer. Yeah. And that people would just jump on because people it's just so jump life-changing. Totally. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to be sitting here going, yeah, it's a number one program and there's thousands of guys doing it. No. Nah. It's at this stage, it's a fucking failure and I'll take responsibility for that in that I haven't found the right communication for men i've used the narrative of what worked for me but that hasn't yeah, translated yeah. into for and that's the thing with guys they would look at this and all of them man that looks awesome i'd love to do that all you got to do is do it <laughs> just but makes so no many sense people don't in all facets not just guys i in, know in, but in every mm. choice Every choice. But do you know what? The guys that have been doing it, and there's been an, a good bunch that have done it. Man, these guys, they're sending me photos on Instagram of their mat and there's literally like a sweat angel on their mm. mat. And they're like, oh, my God, I feel unbelievable. And blah. And I'm like, I get goosebumps. I was mm. like, yes, you've done it. And then I see those guys, if they're in Melbourne, because a lot of them aren't in Melbourne, but if they're in Melbourne – they're coming to my classes and now they're doing like head headstands, handstands and it all started with yoga for dudes. And they're like, oh my God, this is epic, don't it? And they're doing bloody teach trainings and whatnot. Some, not all of them, but some mm. of them are doing yoga retreats and this and that. Dude, awesome. Good on ya. But it's like yoga for men is such a good outlet. It's a good – Look, it's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so that's yoga for dudes. I thought you you're probably thinking you would have got a different answer. I was going <laughs> to be receiving from you that there was a huge bunch of people that were doing it and that were changing their lives. But I think that there's authenticity in the fact if it's not where it needs to be and why questioning why it's not where it needs to be right now. Totally. And how to translate that to or where the resistance is and why they're not doing it. Because mm. I think when you know what it can do and you know how it deepens relationship to self to perspective to other people to just to everything to every challenge it's like why would you not do that and i'm keeping it live at the moment i'm i'll do another reboot of it 
I'm going to stay with it because I know that at some point I'll find the right narrative to share the magic with as many guys as I can. So I'm keeping it on there and I'll give it a reboot, but I've just got to keep playing with the narrative and the dynamic. But the actual content on there is fucking amazing. I can only imagine knowing Mm. you and your yoga classes as well. Yeah. I mean, all the things I'm passionate about, I've definitely shared with you. And uh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, my life consists of either, I mean, the little pockets that I work in at the moment is yoga, where I work with guys, with women, all together, separately, whatever. You know, the coaching thing is just a natural part of my career. And so I spend quite a bit of time doing one-on-one coaching. I go quite a bit into corporate spaces for corporate wellness. So there's a lot of different areas that I work in. So whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday – you always find me doing something different and I love that about my life. I always Mm. wanted to have that type of life where I'm always doing something different. You also have a new business. Oh, yeah, the colonics. Yeah. I was waiting for you to mention that. I know, I totally forgot. Yeah, we've got (laughs) me and my fiancé. Yeah, we just bought a colonic centre in Cheltenham and, yeah, that's a a huge thing that not a lot of people know about. Or the, it's another thing that people are apprehensive of. But if you haven't tried it, it's it's an absolute game changer. Once you get the colon right and you get the gut, the gut brain, I mean, all the spiritual peeps the last 10, 20 years have been yapping on about the connection between the gut brain and the actual mm. brain. And so when your guts are in all sorts... You can't feel good. You can't feel good. So when you get the gut... And it's another one of those things, it's like people are like, yeah, you know what... I have diarrhea and I have this and I have that. And so I don't think that's, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's something showing up. You got to get your gut right. Mm-hmm. And even with diarrhea is like a form of constipation, right? So when you've got sloppy shits, there's <laughs> something going on, right? So you've got to look at it and colonic or colonic hydration or irrigation is a really epic way to clear out the colon, turn on all those muscles back on, and get all the parasites out, get all the bad shit out of there, and then just regroup and mm. refill your colon with good shit. Cool, I'll book in next week. <laughs> you should. Have you ever had it done? No. No, come no. in, yeah, you'll mm. love it. I wanted to ask, you have been on a TV show recently. Yes. There's so much about you. I also <laughs> want to ask, who is Tommy? When people are like, who's Tommy? I'm like, I have a hundred thoughts when uh, I'm like, who's Tommy? How yeah. do you... I Who know. Are you? How I know. Do you... Yeah, that's a, as I said before. Like every, regardless of what year it is, there's always some weird thing that I'm doing. It's just I never call. It's not I, I, weird. It is. I never call myself a certain thing because I mm. know that thing's going to change. Mm. I'm always shifting and changing and evolving. And yeah, so this early this year, I was on a TV show. It's called Rush. And it's like an amazing race type type show, which was really cool. So we basically went all around the world and yeah, epic experience, loved it. It was mm-hmm. great. Got to experience four countries and had to come home and yeah, but yeah, it was a great experience. Loved it. Love that. Would Got you my, recommend it? hundred percent. Got my head on TV. Yeah. So now I'm like a Z grade reality guy. I love that. Yeah. Z grade. Z grade. I call you D. D, D, D grade. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a really cool experience and being away with, you know, when you got cameras following you around all the time, you're like, oh, this so is cool. Pretty. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the countries we went to were epic and we got yeah. to dive into all the countries, meet all the different cultures, hang out with them. And at the same point, we're racing around the planet. Mm. So yeah. Really cool. I saw a snippet of you on your Insta page from that show and you were sort of talking about the way that you read people. And I wanted to delve into that because I think that as you sort of said it yourself, there's a gift there that you have an ability to intuitively dive into people. Can you, do you tune into yourself? Do you tune into other people around you often? How does that look like from person who has no idea what that <laughs> no like. idea the whole intuitive reading thing i mean i've always been really aware of what's going on around me i've always had this highly sensitive part of me ever since i was a kid when did that first show up for you where you were like uh, well, very uh, ever since i can remember 
I, if I was around someone, I'd always feel, be like, mm, but I never knew what it was. And then I guess in my teens and early 20s, I, I've always had this gift of just understanding people. And, uh, and I pretty much, for the, you know, I was a bit of a creep back in my day. And I just basically used this gift to, you know, have it your way. Have it my way. Peel girl, girls open like a little <laughs> onion. And, uh, and then have my way with them. And that's, I was like, man, you know, that that's was great. cool, great. <laughs> and so obviously when I grew up a bit and got a bit of wisdom, I, I learned how to really harness that, that type of gift. And by the way, we all have that gift of intuition. And when you learn how to use it to be of service to yourself, to others and to the world, then it's a pretty cool, pretty Tommy, cool we could have started with that, Tommy. <laughs> I would have had the whole episode on that. It's a pretty <laughs> cool thing. And really it just comes back to trust. You know, when I do intuitive readings through my coaching sessions, you know, people are like, well, how did you know that? How do you know that? Like how? And I'm like, I'm just observing the obvious. That's, mm-hmm. it's a big part of it. Just observing the obvious. When someone comes in feeling heavy and shitty, you just go, what do I get about this, you know? And I had a client yesterday who the whole session, she just, it just didn't hit. And I'm going, oh, have I lost it? Nothing's hitting here. Not the intuitive part, but just the actual coaching part. So, oh, yeah, that's nice. I'm like, this is meant to be nice, mate. This is meant to be like hitting home what's wrong with you and in the end i literally just said to her i'm like look i'm happy to work with you and coach but you've got to come to the party i'm not your savior and i just called the obvious and it was just it's almost like intuitively i'm going why isn't and i realized i'm like this chick is looking for a fucking savior and i'm not here to save her i'm just here to show her the road and be of assistance and be a guide and hold her accountable, but I'm not here to save and do the work for her. doesn't matter how much money she pays me, no one can do the work for you. So the intuitive work comes in as just listening and understanding what you get about someone else. And it's actually quite easy to do because you're just observing what's actually going on. And then you get little messages, you get little shapes. Sometimes it's shapes, sometimes you get like, a vision or a picture about someone and you just got to trust and just say what comes out and mm. never question it. Mm. I think the listening component is important to that and we've lost our ability to listen with all the noise that goes on. Lots of noise these days, lots of noise. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, look, ultimately the name of the game is if I had any words of wisdom for myself and for me. People listening and for you. <laughs> just me. I yeah. don't care about no, that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> just you or people listening or whatever is mm-hmm. the number one thing that's really made a huge impact in my life and the biggest one yet is learning self-responsibility. It's such a big one. When you look out into the world and whatever you see, good, bad, beautiful, ugly, it's all on you. You can't blame anything on anyone. As harsh as it might seem, and I've worked with people that have had some really intense experiences in terms of abuse and all sorts of different abuse, and that is heavy, man, like heavy stuff. And I've heard it all, and, and you know, I've heard stories where I'm like, fuck, can this mm. actually happen? And so in those situations, I don't go, hey, just take responsibility for it. No. What it comes back to is understanding the past, understanding the opportunity that we have in the present, and then being super confident in being able to create moving forward. That's the key. And that's what we got to take responsibility for. I had a conversation recently with someone and we were talking about past childhood things and, you know, we are talking about how some people choose to not process that emotion they choose to detach from it and to go into that emotion and and bring it up and sit with it or deal with it and we got into this conversation about how do you meet it how do you meet that emotion with anything that's not I don't want to feel this and it's meeting it with 
love and meeting it with acceptance and peace to then be able to hold space for it to move forward from it because otherwise we do get stuck in past and fear and ego very true very mm-hmm. true and yeah that's the key isn't it it's you, when you understand the function of the ego and you understand the power of your heart and what's true for you then it doesn't even become a question it's just of course i'm going with my gut feel my heart my truth my authenticity thank you all right thank you so much for coming it's great to be on and i'm on, absolutely honored to be a guest on your show thank you where can people find you you can just get me on the gram mm. tommy kendy i'll tag you yeah I'll tag me at you i'll hashtag it i'll love it awesome <laughs> do and it all yeah and then uh, yeah if you want to listen, listen to my podcast you got the bs machine with tommy kendy and that's it yeah if you want to yeah, Instagram. Yoga. Yoga, just whatever. Just find me. Just come <laughs> just with Google Gab. Google it. Yeah. Just <laughs> Google it. I know. Yeah. Yoga's all over the shop, everywhere and everywhere. But yeah, I think yoga is just one of those things. It's more, it's not even the teacher. I mean, a lot of people say it is the teacher, but ultimately it's your own experience of, of yoga. So wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to this, just get your ass to a class. I like that. Get your ass to a class. Can that's you good. put that on a t-shirt? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love it. I'm yeah. actually. Yeah, it's a good one. Trademark it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Good. Go to yoga. Yeah, that's my wisdom for this episode. Go to yoga. <laughs> love it, Gab. No, absolute honor to be on. Thank you so much for having me on. It was Thank an honor. You. Thank you so much for Cheers. coming. Thanks, Gab. Bam. Love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you learned something, whether it be about your bowel movements or about manifestation or about just life in general. Um, Always a surprise. Never know what you're going to get on the podcast. Could be about shit. Could be about manifesting. World's your oyster. Thanks for joining.